radioinfluence.com. Former CIA operative Claire Lopez returns to speak about unsettling occurrences involving China, our open southern border, and a just-released must-see documentary on this episode of United Patriots Uprising with Gary Benford. I'm your host, Gary Benford. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is available at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. I was thinking about attaching an X rating to this podcast. But I decided to rate it a Y, as in, you've got to hear this one, America. You'll soon understand why. So let's get into it. She's the founder, president of Lopez Liberty LLC, whose mission is to alert Americans to national security threats, both international and from the Islamic movement, Muslim Brotherhood, and their Marxist collaborators in this country. She supports former acting ICE director Tom Holman and Tom Trento at DefendTheBorder.com and was an instructor for former FBI agent John Guandolo's Understanding the Threat into Action program and its online National Security Academy. This one I didn't know. She also offers expertise as national. National Security Advisor to Bishop E.W. Jackson, who last week became the latest Republican to launch a presidential campaign for the 2024 election. I didn't know that one. And Bishop Jackson has been on the show twice. I'll stop right here and there won't be any time for anything left if I don't. (laughs) Formerly a career officer with the CIA. I welcome back for at least the sixth time a person with an incredible wealth of knowledge who I'm happy to call my friend, Claire Lopez. How are you, Claire? Gary, thank you so much for having me back on. I'm glad to be with you. One real quick um, uh, tweak to that intro. Uh, The website is defendtheborder.org, O-R-G, defendtheborder.org. And by the way, you can see there now, uh, just recently posted, Um, the uh, full, I think it's 43-minute film documentary called Death County and the River of Broken Dreams. Thank you for that correction. And that's right where I was going to start. One of the projects you're supporting is the documentary film, which I think it's in eight parts. I think it says they're in eight parts uh, about the catastrophe at the southern border called Death County and the River of Broken Dreams that premiered at the U.S. Capitol building last week. Mm-hmm. A lot of familiar names to me in there. Tom Holman, Tom Trento, uh, the film director, Chris Burgard, and former ICE uh, agent Victor Avila. And you, you are supporting this. Please tell everybody what this is about and why it's so important that we see this. Well, you know, um, while uh, the uh, the new movie, uh, Sound of Freedom, is just breaking uh, ticket sales and, you know, a blockbuster runaway film since uh, its debut the 4th of July weekend. Uh, that film focuses on the horrific reality of child trafficking around the world. Uh, and in particular for the film, uh, dealing with uh, South America, I think it's Colombia, and and on up um, into um, 
uh, through Central America and Mexico. Um, our film, Death County and the River of Broken Dreams, refers to uh, Brooks County, Texas, which is a border county, um, you know, right along the river. And, of course, the River of Broken Dreams is the Rio Grande. And uh, so we bring that story of what happens to the migrants, not just the effect on American citizens as they're, you know, scattered helter-skelter across the United States with no background checks, carrying who knows what diseases, uh, jihadis, criminals, drug traffickers, MS-13, gang bangers, oh, and Chinese um, a, a military age men. We'll get into that down the line. Now we're so gonna get not deep just into what that. happens in our country, but what happens to the migrants themselves? Again, uh, the horrific child trafficking uh, trade that picks up at our border and continues on into our country, um, aided and abetted, I'm sorry to say, but by the United States Department of State United States NGOs, uh, that's non-governmental organizations like Catholic Charities, mm -hmm. and of course the United Nations. Yeah. Uh, now, <laughs> every time, as I, Tom Holman has been on the show three times, and I met him when I met you down at Rock the Red, so we've been together three summers in a row, and every time I see him on Fox News, it's like... I'm surprised he doesn't blow a gasket and his head doesn't pop off because he's down there. Other people have been down there. You know, Tom, uh, Tom Trento has been down there and on for the migrants, for the people who are illegal and for the people who live in those areas. This is horrific, but it doesn't seem like the real footage is getting out. And this is probably why this film is, uh, this documentary is so important because it's pretty graphic, right? It is. And um, the, the film itself does feature uh, former acting ICE director, Tom Holman, um, who uh, served under President Trump. Uh, also in the film, you will see Victor Avila, whom you mentioned there before. And uh, he's a former ICE uh, agent, DHS, uh, who was almost murdered um, on a road trip out of the U.S. Embassy in Mexico, where he was posted at one point. Happily, he survived. His, his partner, his colleague from the embassy, did not, was murdered by the cartel. Mm. Um, but the, the film itself, as I said, takes the story of what happens to the migrants, illegals, whatever, otherwise, from the border, trying to get across the river, across the border, across the deserts and yeah there's some pretty graphic footage in the in the film uh where tom holman is um uh, accompanied by uh cbp agents that's customs and border protection um and also ranchers on their private land along the border there um as as they walk and find bodies dead dead bodies i mean they're men they're women they're teens they're kids they're little kids um and, and you watch as, as they, you know, gently pick up the remains and, and bag them for taking back to the medical examiner to see if they could possibly figure out who these people were. These were human beings. These were real people. Uh, they tried to get across. They died in the river. Uh, they died in the desert. Um, but others were killed by the cartels or left behind by the cartels. Each person coming across that border illegally is paying a, a sum of at least thousands of dollars, maybe tens of thousands even, 
to the cartels to get across, to be to be brought across our border illegally. But if any of them, uh, you know, become hurt or sick or can't keep up, the very young, the very old, uh, or somebody who, like I said, maybe gets hurt along the way, they just leave them. They leave them there in the desert. They leave them to die. Um, and, and you see in the film, uh, the ranchers, Tom Holman, uh, CBP agents finding these bodies, often on private land, often on, on private ranchers' land, um, where, you know, they, they, they find the remains of people. Even worse than that, though, uh, they find something called rape trees. I don't know if the mm. viewers have ever heard of this, but it's pretty awful. A rape tree is a tree uh, where uh, the cartels uh, hang the underwear of women on the branches whom they've raped and probably killed. And each tree is almost like a bragging tree, if you will, for whichever cartel member that was. And they kind of, I mean, if you can even imagine this, compete with each other. Yeah. Uh, you know, for, for how many pieces of lingerie they can hang on this tree. This is the sort of thing that, that's down along our border. It's in the film, Death County and the River of Broken Dreams, um, at our website, uh, defendtheborder.org. Wow, that, that's, that's horrific. You know, many moons ago, a wise man named Ronald Reagan once said, a nation that cannot control its borders is not a nation. Why aren't we getting this? Well, we, the people, do get this, obviously. Um, and certainly those Americans who own property and live down there along the border in places like Eagle Pass, Del Rio, uh, and other, other places right along the river, they get it. We get it. Um, and I would suggest also that our leadership gets it, too. And I mean the Biden administration I mean, Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, they get it. This is deliberate. This is on purpose. They want to dilute the American population, to dilute our foundational principles, our Judeo-Christian-based constitution and rule of law and order. They want to dilute that with those who do not share those values, who do not share those principles. That is on purpose. Um, I, I don't know how else to say this, but they don't get off the hook for this. They know perfectly well what this is about. They do not care. When you're talking about children being sold uh, into sex slavery, being sold into uh, forced uh, labor, uh, little kids being found in the middle of the night working at a meatpacking plant or something, they know that, but they don't care because it fits their agenda. And... Something that you mentioned earlier, because you did mention Catholic charities, Catholic charities are involved in the placement of these people who are coming across illegally all around the country. Why yes. would Catholic charities get involved in something like that? I'm going to give you, you see, because if they say, well, this is what Jesus would want. But see, God is a God of law and order, and God would want you coming into the country legally so you can worship him in spirit and truth, not having to hide in the shadows. Well, this is how it works. We, the taxpayer, uh, pay the U.S. government. The Department of State pays the, the NGOs, including Catholic Charities, um, 
for which up to over 90% of their annual budget comes from the Department of State for resettling uh, migrants, legal, illegal, refugees, whatever, by the head, they get paid. There are others too among the NGOs, many more. Now here's the other part. These NGOs, as well as Department of State representatives, as well as representatives of the United Nations, uh, the, the Immigration uh, and Migration Office of the United Nations have a presence all the way down south, at least through Central America, uh, where they contact proactively through ads, through newspapers, through radio ads, those sorts of things. They reach out to residents of those places and encourage them to migrate north and then offer them the clothing, the shoes, the backpacks, oh yes, the cell phones and debit cards uh, and maps to get them along the way. I was on the telephone not so long ago uh, with Michael Yan uh, on Twitter. That's Michael underscore Yan, Y-O-N, jungle, who's an investigative reporter, spent a lot of time uh, down along our southern border with Mexico, on down through Central America, and uh, in and through the Darien Gap. The Darien Gap is that rugged jungle area uh, that lies between Colombia at the top of South America and Panama, the southernmost of the Central American countries. In between is the Darien Gap. And uh, he's been down there. And uh, we were on the phone some time ago, one evening as he sat in a cafe on the Panamanian side of the uh, Darien Gap. And um, I know where you're going with this. He's 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 watching out the window on on the street in front of the cafe. And um, there are uh, buses, coach, nice coach buses hold 40, 45 people each loading up. And, And as we're talking, he's counting them. There goes one, two, three. We were up to seven or eight. But that's not all of it. They're all headed north, of course. I don't know. And he didn't know at the time who paid for them. We'll have to find that out. Um, But that's not all. In that little town where he was, he said uh, the villagers had seen, I mean, many people emerge from the Darien Gap, uh, you know, bedraggled, hungry, uh, tired, hot, thirsty. Um, But they had seen many, meaning even up to hundreds of young, military-aged, fit Chinese men. And they also saw something else. And that was that as these young Chinese men emerged out of the jungle, they found, bought chickens, slaughtered the chickens, Mm -hmm. and drank shots of their blood. Yeah. And we didn't know what that was. Michael didn't know what that was. You know now. He went to a, a friend of both of ours. That is Dr. Li Meng Yan, virologist who uh, escaped out of uh, Hong Kong uh, in the middle of 2020, where she was working at a, um, a WHO lab in uh, on the campus of Hong Kong University, came to the United States. That's where I met her in, I don't know, fall of 2020 or so. Wasn't she at Rock the Red in Greenville? Yes, Didn't she we was. meet she her? Because I met there. her. I talked to That's her. That's right. right. She was yeah. a speaker there. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. So we asked her, do you know what this is? And she said, yes, yes. Um, in 2013, Xi Jinping, the ruler of China, established the 75th Special Operations Brigade of the PLA, People's Liberation Army. 
And their name, their nickname that they're known by, I guess, is Jungle Tigers. And she told us that their uh, signature training ritual is just this, the drinking of shots of chicken blood. So they're all on buses now. They're all headed north. Um, I would think these are not the sort of um, migrants who are going to go through the ports of entry and turn themselves into CBP, Customs and Border Patrol, for processing. Probably not. They're going to go in between the ports of entry, get into the country. We don't know how many are here. We don't know where they are. We don't know what they're doing. We don't know if they're forming military cells linking up with each other. We don't know. Uh, But they're here. And so are, by the way, Chinese police stations in at least five or six cities across America. And so are special service stations, as they call them, for the Chinese Communist Party. And they, too, are all around the United States, five or six cities, maybe more. Um, And at the same time as all of this influx of Chinese is coming into the country, we're finding out that China is establishing not only an intelligence and uh, listening post on Cuba, uh, perhaps taking over the old Soviet Lourdes uh, listening uh, post, but also planning to establish joint training Uh, joint training units on Cuba with the Cubans. That's 90 miles off the coast of Key West, Florida. Now, what do they need a military outpost for on the island of Cuba? Well, who's going to be the command and control point for all these Chinese now flooding into our country? Question that comes to my mind. I hear you. And Claire, thank you for just answering my next four questions, because they were going to be four of the questions I was going to ask you down the line. But since you went there, you know, the jungle tigers, this is serious, people. Uh, you, you know, as she's saying, see, understand a, a key point here. If you're running from a country, if you're running from Chinese oppression, you come to a legal entry point, you give yourself up and you ask the United States government, help. <laughs> That's not what these guys are doing. Okay, so we don't know who they are and we don't know where they are. Okay, and they're known as the jungle tigers. That's bad enough. But the thing that really blew my mind was about the Chinese police stations. Now, you got to understand, people, these police stations are not in China. They're here. According to what you're saying, there's at least one near me in New York. Okay, please. That's even worse. Please tell people. Why would a China and they're gonna this is gonna blow people's minds? Why would there be a Chinese police station in the United States? And it's not the our type of China. This is a CCP Chinese police stations, right? Right. So these are not diplomatic facilities. Right. China has an embassy, of course, in Washington D.C. Has a United Nations uh, mission in New York City. Um, And it has an additional four consulates around the country, one in Chicago, uh, one another one there in New York, uh, Los Angeles and San Francisco might remember that uh, then Secretary of State Mike Pompeo closed the one in Houston, Texas, back in the summer of 2020 during all the street riots. And we can talk about that and why that consulate was closed 
at that time. Uh, but so it's not a diplomatic facility. These police stations are not. Uh, what they are are outposts of literally the Chinese uh, Ministry of Security, the police, the police of China have these police stations in America for the purpose of monitoring, keeping track of, also harassing, intimidating, and maybe even coercing overseas Chinese nationals in our country uh, who may be opposed, may be dissidents against the regime in Beijing, uh, to coerce them even to return home, uh, sometimes using the threat of uh, action against family members who are still back in China. That's what the police stations are for. And then that's not even mentioning uh, the Chinese, as they call special service stations, which are not diplomatic facilities either. Okay, Claire. I, now, I know beside people's heads exploding, a lot of people say, I don't believe that. Now, here's what you have to explain to us. How do you set up a Chinese police station especially a communist Chinese police station, to monitor their own people that are maybe jumping or won't, or not, you know, towing the line or maybe actually trying to become liberated and free. How do you set that up within the framework of our well, county, state, and police? I don't even understand. The, the FBI in America has the responsibility for counterintelligence and for... Uh, domestic security, along with the Department of Homeland Security. Um, you know, maybe they're just otherwise preoccupied, I don't know, with parents at school board meetings and um, Catholics who, who want to attend the Latin Mass. You know, that, that sort of thing is probably taking up a lot of their time. But Claire, what about, our, do our police departments know they're there? Well, they do now. And, and that's that's thanks to a couple of organizations. There's an NGO, a good one, uh, located in Spain that blew the whistle on the police stations, which are not just in the United States, mm -hmm. but there are at least a couple up in Toronto, Canada, uh, and there are many dozens across Western Europe. So the Spaniards blew the whistle on those, not our own you know, law enforcement and uh, national security agencies. No, 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 no. It was the Spaniards. Uh, and then there have been some very good investigative reporters who have reported on those police stations, but also about these so-called special service stations, too. Uh, that's where we found out about them. Okay. So the big question that everybody wants to know, what are we going to do about this? Well, to its credit, the Department of Justice has arrested, I think, at least two, two people um, from, uh, yeah, <laughs> from the New York uh, police station, one of them. Um, and um, but wait a minute, what about shutting it down? <laughs> well, I, I hope that they've done that as well. Uh, but as for the rest of them scattered around the United States, I, I haven't heard about any. Uh, law enforcement action yet. Perhaps it's ongoing, and I just don't know about it. Um, but also, uh, a number of those who direct and, and manage these police stations and special service stations are doing so from China and so or other places outside of the United States. So they're beyond the reach of U.S. law enforcement. Uh, but the stations themselves, right? Um, you know, and and the personnel in them. 
uh, they should be shut down and at, at a minimum uh, deported. Thank you very much. I mean, this is scary stuff. Just to add to it, and that's why this, before I started the show in my introduction, uh, said this show, I thought about making it X-rated, but I made it Y-rated, meaning you got to hear this. And here's another one. What does China mean with the term, quote, unquote, unrestricted warfare? Please provide us some examples of how this manifests and what a problem this creates. Right. So unrestricted warfare is the name of a slim paperback monograph. In fact, it was the master's thesis uh, written in 1999, or at least translated into English in 1999, by two then colonels in the PLA, People's Liberation Army of China. And what you might describe it as is the military manual uh, for the Chinese regime. And um, notably, uh, around the middle of, of the monograph, uh, is a page on which the authors, these two Chinese um, officers, have listed what they consider to be uh, all the various kinds of warfare in the Chinese arsenal. And so among them are things you would expect, uh, economic warfare, technological warfare, um, you know, um, uh, uh, trade warfare. Oh, yes. And biochemical warfare, straight up, right there in English, um, and, and many other things, space warfare and so forth. Um, but what that goes to show is that in the Chinese mentality, uh, and in, in particular the military thinking um, uh, that went into this military manual or handbook, um, warfare is not for them just tanks and planes and ships and troops. It is every other kind of endeavor uh, to infiltrate, co-opt, um, and destroy from within uh, the institutions of a society, in this case, American society. And when I mean institutions, I'm talking about things like uh, academia, faith communities, um, the, uh, Move, the movies. Uh, certainly entertainment, Hollywood, movies, um, the um, sports. The, uh, sports is another one. Um, obviously, Wall Street and, and our, our commercial, our, our uh, industrial uh, companies. And most recently, I think uh, we've seen uh, public health institutions totally co-opted by the Chinese and, of course, government at every level. And I've probably skipped a few uh, what I call pillars of society in our institutions. But that's what they're talking about. Um, and another another uh, good reference for folks who might be uh, watching here listening would be Peter Schweitzer, um, who's, who's an extraordinary um, investigative reporter and a writer and author. And uh, his book called um, Red Handed uh, is, is really excellent. It uh, lists chapter by chapter how the Chinese have infiltrated these various institutions of our society, one by one, academia, you know, the health community, the, uh, the faith communities, uh, entertainment, et cetera, et cetera. And he describes what they call elite capture. Elite capture meaning uh, they don't just try to co-opt, uh, you know, the, the employees or the worker bees at, at, at the worker level. Uh, they go for the top. 
And let's take media, for example. The Chinese, in a uh, another fantastic expose done by Rahim Kassam's National Pulse um, media outlet online, a couple years ago, 2020, late 2020, early into 2021, published a series, it's at least two or three articles, I think, about how the Chinese co-opted the leadership of our media uh, companies. And, and that means the print media, like legacy print media, Washington Post, New York Times, et cetera. Um, you know, the, uh, the online uh, social media of every kind, the Facebook, the, the, the Twitter, the Google, the Instagram, everything, obviously TikTok, um, and um, also TV, uh, meaning your your ordinary channels, ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, and so forth, CNN. Um, and what they did is, according to the articles uh, at National Pulse, they invited the top leadership of all of these media uh, out, 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 uh, outlets, uh, meaning the editors, the, the publishers, the, the producers, uh, on all expense paid trips to China. How nice. And they went and saw the Great Wall of China, and they enjoyed wonderful Chinese food, and they saw some, uh, you know, theater presentations of dance and music. It was great. It was wonderful. Hold on, hold on one second. I, I just got to ask this, because you know my sense of warped humor. Huh. Did they go show them the wall where Mao used to shoot people? I uh, can't tell you about that. I don't know. Okay. But the Great Wall of China, certainly. Okay. So they all come back after their trips, and, and there were many trips. Uh, and they never write a critical word about China again as long as they live. That's how that works. That's what's called elite capture. They could be bought. I'll mention something else. There was a dean um, of a of a leading uh, Chinese university whose name, uh, Di Dong Sheng was his name, uh, who appeared in a video. It's got to be a couple of years ago now, 2021 maybe, uh, that went viral. At least I, I thought it was viral. I saw it. And uh, it was a it was a video of him speaking up on a stage, probably in the university, uh, to a wide, a broad audience, and uh, they were very appreciative. Um, and it wasn't professionally photographed, like you know, with professional cameras. It was it was obviously from something more like a cell phone, maybe. But in any case, they captured him speaking up there on the stage, Di Dongsheng. And it was uh, translated with, um, you know, subtitles in English because, of course, he was speaking Mandarin. And uh, what he was saying was, you know, uh, we just we had it so great. We owned Wall. We owned Wall Street. They would do whatever we told them. Ah, and then along came Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Didn't do anything. <laughs> right. So we had to get rid of him. We had to get rid of him. And the audience claps and cheers, and you can see that they're very happy about the whole thing. So this is what I'm talking about, elite capture. Wow. You you brought that home. Claire, my final question, just bringing this back to the border. Because, see, these people, the only way they can get in and not be seen is if they're coming across the border. So speaking to host Steve Ducey on Fox News recently, our buddy Tom Holman said this, quote, I want to explain to the American people, it's just not about border security. It's about saving lives. Mm -hmm. If you defend the border and secure the border, you save lives, end quote. This to me is something every American understands and should agree with. What can we, we the people do to try and get this situation under control? Because obviously the government 
the way it's structured now has no inclination to do so. No, it's it's why uh, elections are so important. But, you know, in the time between now and next year, 2024, um, go get Tom Holman's book. That's the name of his book, actually, that he wrote. Uh, Defend the Border, Save Lives. That's the name of his book. And in it, he describes many of the things that we talked about today. Go to our website, defendtheborder.org. Watch our film there, Death County and the River of Broken Dreams. Um, If you possibly can and would like to, please hit the donate button. Uh, We would like to take our film uh, all over the United States. We would like to show it to many more people. But... That takes that takes funding. We could really use uh, some assistance in that regard. Um, and then pay attention uh, to elections at the local level, not just on up at the state legislators, uh, the governors, um, and and U.S. Congress, but but at your local level. Um, for example, your county sheriffs matter so much. The county sheriff is elected in this country, and is the top ranked law enforcement official of that county. Uh, That is why the election of the sheriffs means so much. Pay attention to those. When I talk about local level, that's part of what I mean. So don't neglect the local level thinking, well, that's just just down here along our town. Um, No, it matters a lot. Um, So, you know, uh, do all of those things if you can. Uh, and, and certainly have a look at our at our film and our website um, and donate whatever you can if you if you're able to and would like to. Thank you. Yeah, Claire, I have to ask you, do you think you can handle and the American public handle one more question? Go right ahead. Sure. I know you can handle this, but I'm not sure people are ready for this because this one I wasn't prepared for. Uh-oh. What are colonias? What are colonias oh. and why should we care? Right. Uh, so colonias are um, developments, housing developments, settlements, even if you will, um, that are located uh, in many places, but certainly in Texas. And uh, recently, uh, those investigative reporters I mentioned before, Michael Yan, also Todd Bensman, by the way, author of another book called Overrun. What an apt book title that is the two of them got together and they rented uh, a small plane for a day and they flew over uh this housing development um outside of uh, in the um, the outskirts of houston texas and this thing was humongous already with i guess a couple hundred thousand people living there mostly illegals it's for illegals and as they were flying over they could see uh, the bulldozers and heavy equipment already raising uh, more trees, uh, taking them down uh, to build even more housing uh, for the incoming illegals. Um, they are uh, almost uh, no-go zones. I won't say completely no-go zones, but uh, they are um, populated in in the main by illegals, and law enforcement pretty much leaves them alone. Um, these are not unique to Houston, Texas. They're all over the, all over the place in Texas. Uh, but if you go to, um, Michael Yon's, uh, Twitter account, again, that's Michael underscore Yon, Y-O-N, Jungle, uh, or Todd Bensman's, 
Um, or you can also sign up. Todd Bensman produces um, updates, uh, email updates that you can uh, sign up for if you would like. Uh, pop into your mailbox, you know, maybe two or three times a week or something like that. Uh, but that's where they posted the video footage that they took out of the plane uh, that day as they flew over this particular colonia uh, outside of Houston. But that that's what a colonia is. Wow. Thank you, Claire. Uh, thanks for coming on. Please, you people, this is stuff we need to know. That's why I, I know this is probably causing some near heart attacks, but we need to know because uh, not, you know, what you don't know can really end up killing you, you know, or at least putting you in bondage. Claire, thanks for coming on. Please tell people how they can reach you and anything you'd like to promote. Well, um, again, please, please go to defendtheborder.org. We could really use your help, but at a minimum, have a look at the film, uh, the documentary there. I can be found on Twitter. I'm on Facebook, my own name, Clarem Lopez. Um, I'm on Truth Social, at Clarecho, C-L-A-R-E-C-H-O. That's my Slavic nickname. Uh, at Lopez Liberty on Telegram. Um, and also my articles and interviews like this one are posted up at the American Truth Project, also the Citizens Commission on National Security, the United West, Near East Center for Strategic Engagement, and um, maybe that's too much, but take your pick, and uh, I would love to have uh, you follow along. Thank you. Right. And Claire, once again, thanks for coming on. And people, I just want to let you know that whenever I have a question or anything, I'm on the phone, on the cell, calling Claire or emailing her, because basically anything that I want to know along these lines, she's right on it. So thanks for being a friend and thanks for coming on again and, and keep up the good work and don't let them grind you down. Thank you. And the same to you. There you go. There you have it again. For about the seventh, eighth time, Claire Lopez, and boy, we need more like her because uh, we got to get this country under control, and she's trying to help us do it. Claire Lopez. I want to thank Claire Lopez for doing what she does best, providing a seemingly endless amount of mostly hidden info that we the people should know. Keep on doing what you're doing, Claire. We truly need you and a lot more like you. This podcast is available for download at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. If you're a new listener, I hope you'll look at the podcast archive located on the page. There you can hear previous guests, including Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, Ben Carson, Judge Janine Pirro, Diamond and Silk, Tracy Beans, Monica Crowley, Carrie Lake, Brigitte Gabriel, Mike Lindell, Tom Holman, John Guandola, Donna Fiducia, Trevor Loudon, Bishop E.W. Jackson, and Dan Wass. That's a wrap for now. Thanks for joining us. So until the next time, this is your host, Gary Benford, saying God bless you, God bless your families, and God bless America.